0: Hello, it's episode 40 of Grow Yourself Up, Can You Believe It? I can't believe we've had 40 episodes and I'm um, delighted you're here with me today. Can I take a moment to ask you to leave a rating and a review if you're enjoying the podcast and if you find it useful and to share it with anyone in your life who you think may benefit? Today, we're going to talk about self-mothering. I was reflecting and thinking that um, 40 episodes I mean the whole backbone of this podcast is the idea of tending to ourselves and tending to our own needs and mothering ourselves um when we didn't get what we needed in we were in childhood but um I really wanted to kind of highlight that as a as a sort of a separate episode and it feels that um forty feels appropriate because many of us only learn to actually really start self mothering ourselves in our forties so for me that felt like there was some sort of synchronicity. And so I really want to focus on like, what does self-mothering mean? How can we actually practice it? And to give you some examples, because often we don't even have the language that we might need to, um, you know, to develop a new relationship with ourselves because we are often so stuck in our, um, in our habitual patterns of criticizing ourselves that that just seems like That's part of us, like it's part of our DNA. And, um, it's not, but it's, it's really like really woven in deeply from any of us. And that self talk and those voices that we, that we have coming from our different self states, we want to be extending love and compassion to all of those parts of us. All of our Bonnie Badenoch always talks about our inner community and, um, that we want to, be present for all of our for everyone in our inner community and to extend love and compassion um to all of those parts but first of all we have to become kind of aware of all these different voices and slow things down so i'm going to talk you through how we can do that and so you can kind of start to practice this in your own lives what i really want to um make it like a banner if i could fly an airplane i could fly this across the sky and say this is a practice. And what that means is that it's a practice that you have to do regularly. And it also takes a lot of practice because it takes a lot of practice to even notice. Oh, this is a time that self-mothering may really help me. Um, instead of, you know, just the habitual responses around criticizing ourselves or, um, thinking, Oh, I'm crap or, uh, yeah, that sort of thing. Okay. So what is, what's, what is self-mothering? We, we really want to connect to all parts of us. Um, and we want to offer ourselves, um, self-compassion. So it's connecting to ourselves in the moment and offering self-compassion and love. It's being present for ourselves as opposed to abandoning ourselves. So many of us have learned to turn away from ourselves when, um, Things are difficult or when we need to please someone else to make ourselves okay. It's avoiding self criticism. So self criticism is often the way many of us kind of manage everything in our lives to push ourselves further to think you haven't done enough, you need to do more. Um, so we kind of overwork. We, um, we, we turn from ourselves in moments say where we're really exhausted. And instead we make ourselves a cup of coffee and say that we're rubbish if we don't get anything else done and we push ourselves further. And so um self-mothering, um, where we're really tending to our inner child and our in our all our inner children, is turning to ourselves and saying, Oh wow, I notice that you're feeling so tired. Um, I'm gonna actually give you a bath and we're gonna go to bed now, or we're gonna leave this project for tomorrow. And I know it feels so frustrating that we can't get this done, but it's not loving to continue pushing ourselves. So we're going to stop, like really kind of actually speaking to yourself like that, whether or not you say it out loud, doesn't really matter. Actually, sometimes it's really lovely to say it out loud, especially if you can also put your hand on your chest and another one on your tummy, because you're really then witnessing yourself. That's just a, like a very small example. But so it's, it's this idea of connecting to ourselves in the moment and key aspects are offering self-compassion, avoiding criticism, and really trying to be present to notice our experience because so many of us, um, me included, speed through our lives without actually an awareness of what's going on for us. And it's only after the fact That we notice, oh, that was what was going on then, or that was what was going on then. So we're really trying to develop our ability to attune, um, moment to moment to ourselves. And, and I think this is like a superpower, the ability to attune to our lived experience, like almost in a real time basis or on a real time basis so that we can manage ourselves as we go from moment to moment. And this might be, um, this might sound like scary or completely out of reach because you may be so disconnected from yourself or kind of really have managed to survive without attuning to yourself because that is indeed the way many of us survive. So dissociation could be considered the um, kind of the opposite of attunement um, because we need to be listening to our bodily signals to be tuning into our interoception to notice what's going on for ourselves um and and to attune to ourselves. So this is again what I said about practice. This this takes practice. Okay, so I'm gonna give you um some kind of pointers around how to uh kind of some guidelines around how to do this. And, and I've I've labeled them the three A's, so this is how how um I do some self-mothering. First of all, we need um awareness. So we can't do any tending to ourselves if we're not aware of our own experience, if we're not actually noticing, oh, these are the thoughts that are going on in my head and that's driving me to uh, get really busy or I'm getting really shouty because I think that like, if you, say, observe your child doing something and that really stresses you out and then you start to panic about um, their milestones or like, are they well-behaved or um is there something drastically wrong or something like that? Then you may tend to get um more shouty or more controlling. But actually, if you tend to your experience, you can notice, oh, they did something which I thought was surprising, and then that made me panic and I felt quite worried. So then I went into trying controlling them. And self-mothering in that example would be – um soothing your fear actually to kind of go, okay, sweetie, just because my child is doing that doesn't, I don't need to make it mean anything. I just have felt um very fearful about this and that triggers something for me. Maybe it wasn't safe for me to do that when I was a child, or maybe I am constantly very hypervigilant and noticing all of their behavior. So I pick up anything that I consider out of the ordinary, but oh, that's because I've got a very active um flight response and I'm quite anxious about things you know you kind of but if you if you um just kind of go with the shouty and the controlling you miss your pain and your fear and your worry which is what we want to be soothing now this is i'm um i've been doing this for a lot of years i've been like deepening into my own process for a lot of years as well so i can really stop and slow things down and notice and this might sound like really like gibberish to you in some ways, don't worry um, because the next time that something happens to you or you notice some behavior of your own that feels out of character or not in line with how you want to be actually parenting or living your life or responding to your partner, you can then stop and retrospectively slow it down and notice what was going on for you because developing an awareness of your own process, we only develop an awareness of our own process by developing an awareness of our own process. And I know that sounds kind of irritating and obvious, but um like we have to teach ourselves to do this stuff. So be gentle as you start to teach yourself to do this stuff. Because if you're like me, I want to do everything perfectly, like right first time. And um there's no like right first time here. This is practice. And this is gentleness. Like keep on coming back to what we're actually trying to do here. So we want to learn to self-mother ourselves with gentleness. Okay, so bringing it back to what I was talking about, the three A's, sometimes I get so um, entrenched in all these stories that I forget what I'm actually trying to tell tell you about. Let me bring this right back and try and bring some focus. So the three A's, first of all, we want awareness. So we want awareness of our own process to notice how we probably undercut ourselves all the time because we've got this like tape whirring of um just automaticity. And we're trying to interrupt that so we can create new pathways, new neural pathways. Um So awareness. The second one is acceptance. Now um that might feel like counterintuitive, like why do I want to accept something that I want to change? Or why do I want to accept a place that I don't want to be in? And Acceptance is so powerful because it, it gives us a place to really rest and to notice, okay, so this is what I'm doing. I, this is how I, this is how I kept myself safe. This is how I behave. I may not be behaving in ways that I want to be behaving, but I have to really like accept, you know, this is where I'm at now. And there's someone called, um, I can't remember what his name is, but, um, there's something called the paradoxical, I think it's called the paradoxical law of change. And, and, um, it's something from Gestalt Theory. And, um, the person who wrote it talks about how in order to change, we really have to have both our feet in the place where we are, um, to, to then move forward. We can't, we, we can't kind of move forward with only one foot in our acceptance. We have to really kind of be there and notice what we're doing. So acceptance to notice, Oh, when this happens, I then like get all panicked and shouty. And actually, that's not what I really want to do. So let me sort of slow down and soothe myself through that. And then action. And the action is um ultimately will be changing our behavior. But in the self-mothering space, it's really considering um action around how am I going to treat myself now? What am I going to do? How am I going to tend to myself to um, demonstrate that self-compassion? to be present for myself, to refrain from criticizing myself. How can I help myself be in this present moment in a way that demonstrates unconditional love for myself, which is what I did not get as a child? So I'm trying to heal that for myself in the present moment. I hope this was all making sense because we we heal the past in the present. Our own pain is a portal to that um to healing that past. And so we do it for ourselves now in the present. And so it's it's kind of considering questions, what is the most loving thing I can do for myself right now? What will help me soothe this pain? How can I be present for myself now instead of stuffing everything down? What will actually help me in this moment? So it's the the awareness, the acceptance, and the action. So I'm going to give you an example from my life um, around, um, some of the challenges that I've been having at the moment with, with our kids and how, um, some of the ways that I've typically sort of soothed myself or stuffed things down more accurately and what I've been trying to do, um, instead. Okay. So, um, you know, it's the Northern hemisphere, it's been winter. So in our household, we've had, um, a lot of uh, respiratory viruses for my kids have. And I think that's probably happening across the world after, um, um, after the last three years and, um, not being exposed to these sort of things, but we've had some particularly difficult nights because both of our girls have, um, been, um, unwell and coughing and bedtimes have been, um, quite tricky because everyone's kind of tired, sort of worse than usual and lots of, lots of crying and, um, both my husband and I being kind of right on the edge of our own windows of tolerance and feeling like we're at our capacity. So last week, we actually had a particularly bad time when everyone was, they were very tired and they were crying a lot and we were on the edge of losing it, but we didn't. But what I noticed, I find, sometimes I find bed and bath time really tricky for a, a, a wide variety of reasons. But I've I really slowed down my process to notice that often what's going on in my head is this message of I can't cope. And that's related to my childhood. It's not related to the present moment because I can cope in the present moment. But what I was doing often was eating before bedtime. I've got an active flight response and doing things like looking at my phone continuously or working are ways to get away with my uh, ways to get away from myself. So that's a, a, um, a, um, part of my own flight. So flight. So I, getting away. So I would notice, Oh, I can't cope. And then my stress response would be, um, I, I, um, I'm going to do something to try and get away. And, um, I was eating sometimes before bath and bed to try and um, kind of, in some sense, resource myself. But really, what I needed to do to resource myself was actually connect to that part of me who feels that she can't cope and give her what she might need. Um, Also, I would notice sometimes that halfway through the bedtime process, I would decide that definitely takeaways were a really good idea. And become obsessed with the fact that we should order takeaway because that would make me feel better when I started to feel desperate about how can I, um, how can I speed this process up or how can I, um, um, soothe these little angels or how can I kind of deal with this? Because, um, we sometimes have a lot of fighting at bedtime because everyone's getting agitated. Um, there's a lot of high energy in, and actually high energy. I don't mind because we do kind of games to bring down the energy and, Maybe we play hide and seek or maybe we do like pillow fighting or something to discharge the energy because that, um, you know, sometimes they get dysregulated and they need help with, um, soothing their nervous systems. But, um, for me, for my own nervous system, that would send a lot of signs of danger. Because there's, there's so much, um, there's so much sensory information and there's so much coming in, which needs to be managed. So notice your times of day where there's a lot of information coming into you. And so where you might tend to start feeling, feeling overwhelmed and then notice what you do. Um, so I would, it was one specific, specific week last week and I decided, okay, this is definitely, um, we need to get takeaways after this. I need like some sort of reward for getting through this. And I was like, oh wow, I'll look at this. Um, because I I have an eating um how can I put this maybe an eating disorder or disordered eating, um more on the kind of binge side of eating. And um I sort of am in an ongoing process around this, but um using food is something that is um I've done since I was a child, essentially. And it was much more um managed um, before motherhood. So motherhood and indeed the stress of the last three years has really, um, brought this up again for me. And, um, in fact, I think food and money are two of the biggest areas where we all play out our issues, whether it's on restricting or overeating, but, um, I'll be talking more about that in other episodes, but for the moment, I want to show you how my own stress response, um, means that I then want to do something else to get away from myself, which is actually self-abandoning because it's self-abandoning for me to overeat or kind of constantly soothe myself with, with takeaways that doesn't help what's going on for me internally. And it doesn't help, um, kind of where I want to be going in my life and, and, um, and what I hope for myself in terms of like my health and my body. So I really noticed, okay, look, what's going on for me. I'm feeling kind of stressed in this process, um, my little angels are feeling distressed as well because they are, um, like coughing a lot and feeling sick. And, um, uh, one of them had a really high temperature. And so I noticed and I kind of slowed down. And, and I was able to do this mostly in the moment, actually, because I, um, I've noticed this pattern a lot, um, over the last three years. And so I've kind of got more awareness about it. And that awareness, I was able to kind of accept, okay, so wow, this is the way you've always soothed yourself. Um, it's been, food has been a companion to you since you were really little. Um, and, and I think food is specifically one of those things that is really hard to, um, uh, kind of deal with, um, because we have to eat three times a day, um, or however many t- times you want to eat, or like if you have small meals or five small meals, whatever, however you choose to do your food we have to eat to live and um, food is very intertwined with love and how we learn to love ourselves, how we were loved as a child. So I'm in an ongoing sort of dialogue and process around this. And, but that, uh, that um, acceptance of, okay, look at this sweetheart. You feel like things are really hard right now and that you, you want to make this better with food, but will that really make it better? Like, will this take away what's going on now? Cause actually you are managing um, you are being present for your girls. You are helping them, um, uh, get to sleep. Now you've given them things that they need. They've had a lovely bath. They've had a story and you're here with them. You know, do we, we don't, we don't actually need this takeaway. The takeaway is just going to make things worse for you in a way. What do you actually need? So to kind of ponder, what was it that I wanted? And I actually wanted, uh, I was sad. I often feel sad about, um, the help that I thought that we might have and the support that we, that we don't necessarily have. So that brought up some grief and actually what I wanted was connection and to kind of talk about it. So I kind of gave some of that to myself when we were sitting, doing the bedtime process, when I was sitting with my girls and to kind of just connect to myself by putting my hand on my chest and just having really loving self talk about, Oh, look at this sweetie. It feels so hard. This feels like really difficult and it's triggering a lot of your own old pain. And you are managing here. You are being present. You are being here for your, for your children. And at the same time, you're being, um, present for yourself. And then I was able to, to actually verbalize, um, to my husband, um, what was going on for me and how, um, because overeating is often, it's sort of, we obliterate our feelings and we push everything down. And, um, that was the sense of what I wanted to do. And I'm kind of mindful of not bringing too much of this stuff into my own love relationship because I don't want this to become, um my husband is not my therapist. I have a therapist to deal with this with. But at the same time, you know, intimacy is, um and I don't mean, I mean intimacy as in into me see. So that's a lovely way to consider that word. I'm not talking about sexy. I'm talking about um Emotional closeness and connection and being vulnerable and sharing. And not that my husband needs to fix this, but I was able to share with him that actually, even though I'd been obsessed with getting whatever takeaway it was, I can't remember. Um, it wasn't actually that loving. And I was rather going to make, I can't remember what I made. Like, I don't know, like some salad and, um, like a baked potato or something and maybe some tuna. Um, and that was tasty and satisfying and it, it, it was fuel and what I needed was fuel and connection because food does not give us connection. So that's an example from my own life about self-mothering. So having awareness, having acceptance around my process and kindness, like deep love, not criticizing that and then taking a different action. Now, um, self-mothering is not a term I've created It's, I think it's from Pete Walker, just to highlight that, um, in the way that I conceptualize it, it's also a bit different from inner child work. And I'll go into, um, why are they, um, have those differences in another episode, but I really want you to, um, consider how you tend to yourself. Like notice how you behave at work. If your boss gives a project to someone else, uh, what happens to you? Do you go into a fawn response? Uh, do you go into a fight response? Do you immediately feel you need to go downstairs and buy yourself a skirt from a shop or a, a new suit? Or, um, you need to get down to the pub and have a whole lot of drinks or something. Notice when things, um, are upsetting you. Where do you go? How do you, do you have awareness of your process? Um, what actions do you typically take and are they actually helpful? And this plays out in all the ways it plays out in, in like all different relationships and, um. yeah, that feels like a very tender example from me, tender for me. And I hope that you can, you know, get a hold of your own self-love in your life so that you can choose more loving responses for yourself in the moment. Okay. Take care and um, sending you lots of love. You've been listening to Grow Yourself Up, hosted by Kath Cunahan. We'll be back next week with a new episode supporting you to better understand and tend to yourself for more heart-centered, connected, authentic, and resilient living.